You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. It's interesting, Shannon, because lots of times I think most people listen to our show just via iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some sort of podcast service that they may use. And they don't really go to sexymarriageradio.com very often. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people do, and they leave comments, and they speak I up. I was going to say, they're missing out if or, they don't yeah, know. Or they give us some feedback or some comments, which we love hearing. We also love seeing these via email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. But just today, somebody jumped on and left a comment and on, on our G-Spot episode. Uh-huh. No, they didn't leave a comment on our G-Spot. They left a comment on our website about the G-Spot episode, Corey. Well, you'd have to personalize that because I don't think I have one. So, But <laughs> well, anyway. Okay. Last time I checked, there was nothing in that <laughs> regard on my G-Spot. Okay, that's good. So anyway, he talked about that they spent some time in their bookstore listening to our Holy Grail message. Uh-huh. And then last Sunday, after more than 33 years of marriage... They found and celebrated what we both were sharing. <laughs> they discovered. They discovered it, Yay! and said, so "They said um, my arm is now black and blue because of the explosive results." <laughs> <laughs> I take it she grabbed on, grabbed hold, and squeezed. I would back. imagine there was quite an overload squeezed of out of delight of experience, <laughs> and that you know, to me, that is incredible i love it i love hearing from people especially people that have been together for a long time and they're finding something new i mean that just gives me all kinds of hope for for my own journey and they would have never heard that on any other show (laughs) maybe not i mean or if they were going to hear it on another show they would have to wade through a whole lot of other filth to get to it possibly true yeah and that's that is the beauty of sexy marriage radio that we love hearing from people and we love talking about what goes on or what you want to go on in your bedroom and in your life and in your marriage because we fully believe married sex is where it's happening where it's the best thing going because you get the you get that secret world that you get to create together that no one else knows about and you get to celebrate and so if you love what we got going on, please jump on iTunes, leave us a comment, give us a five-star review. That helps us climb the charts. Go to sexymarriageradio.com, give us comments, feedback, send us emails. We love hearing from you because that's why we're doing this show. Yeah, speaking of uh, marriage, the whole dynamic about having intimacy and trust and real bonding and connection in the marriage bed, that that is so only possible in a marriage relationship that you don't get that from a one night stand or an affair or anything like that. Right. But you know, the whole trust thing is so hard for many couples. And I wanted to share a case study today from my new book, the passion principles about celebrating freedom in the marriage bed. Um, it's a woman that I interacted with some time ago. I think that this goes down in history as far as my coaching history books as the most paranoid, client I've ever interacted with. Okay. And, and I'm sure that you have a few that you can uh, toss out there too. Um, but basically uh, she felt it her responsibility 
to guard her husband's eyes to the extent that every magazine that came in the mail, she would flip through it first and rip out any picture of any woman that she perceived as <laughs> even remotely being more attractive than her. Okay. And then as, as she continued to tell the story about the, the, the links that she goes to, to quote, protect her husband, if they were at a dinner party and he were to leave the table to go to the bathroom, she would also go to the bathroom so that she could walk with him to and from to make sure that no woman approached him on the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you imagine? Yeah. You want, you want to know, you want to know my uh, initial reaction to that? Yeah. Tell me what kind of impact that would have on a man's desire for his wife. If she is that paranoid about controlling his environment. <laughs> I, I think that's enough said, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I can just kind of envision the wah, wah, uh, big boner killer man. sound. Oh, sound. you mean something like... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help out. I mean, man, that's... Yeah. You talk about just walking around on major eggshells and... Be, I mean, because that's going to that's gonna um, bleed over into him. He's going to get to where... Oh, can I do that? Can I do that? You know, if if he buys it, or it's going to be a huge fight. Right. Talk about feeling as if he was being kept on a short leash. Yeah. Like he could take two steps away from her without the, you oh, know. Oh, man. That's, yeah. you talk about what a kill, kill a marriage. That'll kill, that'll, that'll kill more than just sex. That'll kill a marriage. Absolutely. Well, actually, this had been going on for over 20 years. He dearly loved his wife, but he could not get through to her that she didn't need to worry. He actually admitted he felt no desire for other women. He just couldn't understand why his wife had so many insecurities. Man. And, and and that's what it all boiled down to. Yeah. This was not about her husband had been unfaithful numerous times, and therefore she couldn't trust him. Right. It was that she did not trust that she was enough to satisfy her husband. And that's his, that's her issue, not his. Exactly. And she was making it his. Yeah. And I suspect that there's a lot of women listening into this conversation today that maybe they haven't gone to that extreme. Maybe they aren't no. that far down the paranoid scale. No. But maybe they are feeling a little twinge of conviction of, yeah, I guess it does say more about me than it does about my husband when I just don't feel as if I can trust him and he hasn't given me any reason not to. Right. And to me, that's interesting that you use the word trust because this whole episode that we're doing is on the a continuation of the series we've done of the spiritual aspects of sex, the mental aspect of sex, and now it's the emotional aspect of sex and how how that fe feeds into great sex and bad sex, I guess you could say, and, and pitfalls of it. That when you use the word trust, to me, most of the time when I, when I experience this concept in my office, it is something where it's being abused or misused, if you will. Mm -hmm. Because to me, lots of times the way people at face value place trust is it's a it's actually a manipulation. It's not trust. And here here's the example I got, Shannon. Okay, so let's say you and I are in a relationship. Because if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, Shannon and I are not married to each other. We represent forty plus years of marriage, married life together. But we each have our own spouses. We live in different parts of the of the state, the great state of Texas, and and so. But we ha so we have different perspectives. But for the for this analogy, imagine, you know, you and I are close friends or in a relationship or whatever. And so, I want to tell you something about myself, okay? But I want to make sure you make me feel safe before I tell you. 
and everybody wants that in in any kind of friendship even sure. everybody wants to feel safe before they get vulnerable and divulge but okay? is it not in at face value then saying you need to make me feel more comfortable so i can tell you something about me is that your responsibility or mine I would think that that's your responsibility right. to ask whatever questions you need to ask to get comfortable. Well, and it's also it's it's more it's more about trusting myself to be able to just share, share what I want to share and be able to handle the response. Either way, right? Sure. And so most of the time, it's like well, but but we we frame that under the umbrella of because I want to tell you, I want to get close to you, I want to share something to, about me f- to you, but I need you to make me feel safe because I need to be able to trust you, and. Reality, yeah, trust is a huge part of marriage and a huge part of, of good relationships. But it's more it starts with trust in yourself to so be able saying, to be able to handle some, it. You're saying that sometimes people play the trust card. Absolutely. They it, they do it, the it, Yeah, they do that whole game just like the analogy you talked about with your coaching client of well, I can't trust you, even though you have demonstrated nothing to the contrary of that, you know, that I've not been cheated on. I've not had you go around to topless bars and all these kinds of different things that are sharing, demonstrating to me, you're going to go out and and really hurt me. But yet I'm going to constantly watch you like a hawk because I need to be able to trust you. Well, if you don't give them room, what are you, what can you trust? Well, and let me tell you the rest of the story, um, as Paul Harvey would say, (laughs) Um, as I asked enough questions, what I learned, you know, I asked her, Satanya, what is behind your huge fear of, of your husband being unfaithful? And she had um, grown up with grandparents that cared for her, and her grandfather had been unfaithful to her grandmother. And she sure. was so afraid of growing up and having a marriage like that where yeah. she was being cheated on. And I asked her, how did you discover your grandfather's infidelities? And then it came out, something that she had never shared with anyone before. She knew that her grandfather had been unfaithful to her grandmother because he had been unfaithful with her. Yeah. He had sexually abused her. Yeah. So so oftentimes when you peel back layer after layer after layer, what you get to is the root of an unhealed wound, a very deep, deep wound. Yeah. And so the question to ask yourself is, what kind of wounds are you still nursing and, and maybe you're, maybe you've hidden them really well. Maybe your spouse and no one else on the planet has any idea, but I promise you it is leaking out. It is seeping out into your marriage relationship in ways that you probably don't even fathom. Sure. And it, yeah, cause everything we do as people makes sense. If you, if you get to the un, under, under a current of it all. There's a psychology to every single thing that we do. Every single thing that we think there's yeah. a psychology to it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's, yeah. The best the best story I ever heard was from a, a professor I had in grad school that worked at a children's home for um, for boys that was like one step from jail. So it wasn't just foster. It was really rough kids. And there was a kid that nobody could get to, nobody would work with, because he kept rubbing his own um, excrement all over himself. Aww. And so it was like... Well, sure. I mean, they could never get him to stop. It was one of those, nothing would stop. And so finally, this my professor worked with the kid and went in and just started trying to ask questions just to get to understand the kid. And come to find out, the kid had gone from home to home to home, you know, to in and out of facilities and had been abused brutally in every one of them as a little, as a little boy. 
until he started rubbing his own excrement all over himself. And then everybody left him alone. And that protected him. And if you think about it, that kid is brilliant. It made sense. <laughs> exactly. It it's was like, very effective. It's like, dude, you talk about figuring out how to survive. That's it. Wow. And, and survival is so at the core of who we are. Absolutely. But we do that as humans to, to varying degrees all our life because we are seeking comfort and security and relief and, you know, numbing and all the different things for whatever ails us. So we find these different paths that we choose to try to help us feel better about ourselves. And at the time, yeah, at the time they make sense, but sometimes it spills over into other areas where then it starts really causing suffering or pain to those around you and even yourself. Well, and the scary thing is that so oftentimes it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. It's like you are predicting that this is what's going to happen. And the spouse who doesn't feel trusted feels as if, well, if I'm not going to be trusted anyway, I may as well go out and have the fun that would accompany the act that you have already deemed me guilty of. And and so you actually can create the very circumstances you fear the worst. Yep. So let's talk about if you don't want to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't want to push a spouse into being unfaithful simply because you're treating them as if they already have been. Right. The opposite effect would be to give them all the freedom (laughs) in the world. Yep. Give them enough rope to hang themselves or tie a bow with it, as my mama has often said in the past. Yeah. And, you know, I look at Greg and I's relationship of 23 years, and and sometimes people question, how could Greg ever trust you at all since you were so promiscuous before having met him? And, you know, sometimes I shrug my shoulders and go, you know, I don't know. I guess he just wiped the slate clean and said, okay, we're starting over. And every time I felt even a temptation to go in a stray direction, I would feel the freedom to come to him and to be honest and to ask for accountability because he was a soft place to land. Mm-hmm. He he was my biggest cheerleader he, and he had the most invested in me. And I knew that he wasn't going to hover over me and watch me like a hawk and keep me on a short leash and all those things like we've been talking about. I knew that he would help me get to the core issue of well, why, what, what is it about that person that represents um, whatever it is that you're feeling the need for. You know, he understood the psychology of sexual and emotional temptations, but he has always given me so much freedom. Mm-hmm. I, I travel a lot. I'm in hotels and airplanes and airports and all that kind of, a, a lot. And he has never questioned, so who did you sit next to and, and what did y'all talk about or anything? He just is not a suspicious kind of person. Yeah. And that that inspires me from the inside out to be faithful 100% to him. Um, I would much rather be internally motivated to be faithful to a sure. spouse than to feel as if I'm being externally motivated. And I can honestly say that in all the years of marriage to him, and there have been times that he's had to travel extensively too, I have never lost one minute of sleep wondering, is he doing something he shouldn't be doing? Yeah. Is he looking at porn in a hotel room? Is he at a strip club? Is he with another woman? I have never lost a minute sleep over that. And I I don't believe that I ever will. But again, I think it's because we give each other so much trust and I'm not talking about conditional trust, I mean complete trust. Well, it starts with trust in yourself. You know, it starts what you're just, what you're describing to me, what I hear Shannon is you're describing a solid man that is, is confident enough to kind of say, Hey, I'm presenting something valuable to you that is worth being with. So I'm going to see what you do with it. Right. 
Cause that's, and I want to protect that. Like yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Cause, cause the way I think of it is, and I might've shared this in a, in a really distant past show of sexy marriage radio, but you know, I've been married to Pam for 20 years and throughout that time I have, I have become pretty good at figuring out how to woo her and get her interested in sex. You know, I kind of know the buttons to push, the scenarios to set up, the atmosphere. She loves the fact you know what to well, do. Well, most of the time, yes. Sometimes she's kind of, it's kind of annoying, but <laughs> you know, because when I light a candle and give her a glass of wine in the aisle of Target, you know, she that doesn't really turn her on. Um, <laughs> but 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 so I know all these different things to to increase the likelihood she's going to be interested in having sex with me. But at the other end of that set spectrum is. I can't do anything of those things to make her want me. You know, that's beyond my control. Mm-hmm. All, all I can do is present something that I think is worth wanting, which then that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on myself. That's that internal motivation you're talking about to live according to what I hold dear, to live with certain standards of my life, to, to, to live according to the things that I want to seek and that I desire. And, and make it known and, and then see what she chooses. Cause it's so funny. We, we seem to think when it comes to marriage that we have a certain amount of control over our spouse. <laughs> that What a figment of our imagination. Yeah, that, you know, that I, that I could just make her do certain things just by merely a, a mouse click, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the furthest from the truth that, you know, just when I think I've got her pegged on, on, on how she's going to respond to something, it's totally different than what I was thinking it would be. Yeah. And so that means I can I can spend a whole lot of time pursuing her and the 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 worst part of us is that analogy you gave earlier or the story you gave earlier of I'll just control all of her environment. Mhm. You know, cuz the the a fundamental truth I believe in is that those people that can't control themselves seek to control everything else around them. True. It's when you feel most out of control yourself that you desperately try to control other yeah. people. Yeah, because that way, if I can control everything else, then I get some sense of safety and, and, and control to my life. But what we're proposing and what we I think we're always advocates of when it comes to Sexy Marriage Radio, because it's the path to great sex, is you got to learn how to control yourself. you got to learn how to live your life as a full-grown human, as a full-functioning human. And and seeking what you want and letting letting the results go, but still seek it. Yeah, it's, it is definitely a maturity process, and again, one that doesn't come from a one night stand right. or an affair. The marriage, it is like a full length spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical mirror looking back at you, showing you that spinach in your teeth that you need to work on. It it, it does reveal all of your insecurities, all of your flaws, mm-hmm. in a way that nothing else will. But I think that that's the beauty. Of marriage, yeah, that that it brings up those things that we wouldn't normally otherwise see. I think it's the design of marriage that that marriage is actually designed to help us grow up, to help us see these things. That's the challenge of it. It's not to make us happy. And if if you want proof of that, ask anybody that's married, been married longer than ten years, if every moment of that married life has been happy. Yep. You know, let's uh, pose some questions that people can ask themselves to know whether or not they may have some insecurities that need to be explored because they are acting in ways they're trying to control their spouse. They're they're you know they're not trusting their spouse as much as they should. Okay. Um, for example, another coaching client said that every time she left on a business trip, 
her husband would find an opportunity to sneak into the bedroom and look at what she was packing in her suitcase. And if she made the mistake of packing a swimsuit, he would assume that she was going to be trolling for men down at the pool. Okay. And she said, nothing was further from the truth. Right. I just have a hard time getting exercise in when I'm traveling. And so swimming in the hotel pool seems to be the obvious way. Right. So yeah, if, if you're, if you're sneaking around and looking uh, for signs behind your spouse's back, I would say that you probably have some trust issues and some insecurity. Yeah, any anything. I mean, think of the technology world we have today. You you put something on your spouse's phone to be able to track them or log things without their knowledge. Without, without their them. knowledge, and also without without it being warranted. Mm. You know, I could see a scenario where you've married somebody that has totally abused the vows. You know, where they're right. constantly stepping out, and so you're like, okay. I got to protect myself. This is what's going to be required. Yeah, I got to protect myself and my children. So therefore, I'm going to take some steps that can be kind of ugly and it may blow up, but you know, that's that may be a little more warranted. I'm talking about where you're in the marriage, neither of you is strayed, and yet you're still constantly doing that. Right. Or you're projecting a previous marriage issue onto the current marriage. Like for example, the the situation that I just shared his first wife had been unfaithful to him. Right. So he was looking for signs that his second wife was too. Sure. And again, that's that those are completely separate issues what his first wife did and what his second wife was doing. Right. It's holding your your second wife responsible for somebody else's actions. Yes. Yeah, punishing them for yep. someone else's actions. Sure. Yeah, I mean, think of all the underhanded things that we do. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of even my own life <laughs> of of things that and I don't know if it's necessarily mistrust but there is a degree of uh, as schnarch would term it normal marital sadism (laughs) where we do things that get under the skin of our spouse and we know it because when they respond accordingly it tells us they care it gives us what we need, even even if it's just negative tension. Right. Negative tension right. can be better than no tension yeah, for and, some people. And the, the the interesting little play on that for my in my marriage, and this is just a quirk. This isn't necessarily anything sadistic, but um, I have this uh, weird wiring. I, I don't know how you phrase it exactly. It's a problem, maybe. But anytime <laughs> you come into a room that has the uh, on the same panel multiple light switches. Mm-hmm. Um, my preference is both up or both down. <laughs> it can't be one up and one well, down. Well, okay, if you're in the room and you got to turn on one light, but you're not in the other room, the, the light's not it, fine. I'm talking about like when you're leaving the room, you're heading to bed or whatever. That's just, I, I like them going the same way. And I don't know where it came from. I have not. Maybe that's something we could do with the future show. Let's, let's do some coaching, <laughs> de- digging deep down into what's going on with that one. But. My wife, knowing this of me, will walk through the house, flip one, and then flip the other <laughs> as she leaves sadistic. the far room and just kind of giggle. <laughs> and I know she's doing it, and I know why she's doing it. But it's just, that's kind of the things that, we, you know, that's a little playful, but there's also a little underhandedness in there that, uh-huh. you know, we do these things. You know, a man goes in, a husband goes in and, and pees and just, yeah, I'm not putting the seat down. I is know that, that drives her is crazy. That intentional? Sometimes that could be. Yeah, sometimes it could be just a, a flat out. You're not going to control every aspect of my life because <laughs> okay, this I've is never this. Said it's grounds for divorce, but I have said it's grounds for the cold shoulder the rest of the night. Okay, well, if you want to play that game, you can you can let you can put a seat down just as easily as a man can put a seat up. I, I 
figure a cold bottom <laughs> equates to a cold shoulder. It's just that, that's just the way that it works. Well, <laughs> I mean, here's here's my logic with that, Shannon, is that if uh, if a woman can't it misses the fact that the seat's up and miss and sits wrong, you know, sits down and misses it. How can she blame him for forgetting to put it down if she didn't look? <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to move on. I'm really back in. Okay. Well, Let's go back to questions. I don't want the cold shoulder for the rest of the show from you, I guess. So we'll, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Um, Dan, you're, and you're going to be coming to my house for meetings in a few weeks, and I'm I'm going to be watching Corey. I'm going to be That's watching fine. Z put my toilet seats back I'll, down. I'll bring my own cup. <laughs> there you go, urinal. <laughs> um, another question: Are you stalking your spouse's Facebook page? Are you mm-hmm. checking things on their laptop? Are you looking at things on his cell phone without his knowledge? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're feeling the need to stalk and he's never given you reason to be suspicious, I would say that's your insecurity, not his unfaithfulness. Yeah. And go flip, flip that to the other side that if you're not willing to give your spouse access to your digital footprint, Mm -hmm. what does Mm -hmm. that say about you? What are what, what are you living? You know, how are you living your life? Are you living things that are trying to be hidden? Yeah. Great point. And and it's not that you need to always have an open book. I mean, I have a profession that, you know, my wife can't, she knows full well, how is your day is going to be answered with, yeah, the sessions went well. And that's it. You know, I'm not giving any detail. She right. has no idea of names. I mean, that's what's amazing is our friends that have sent friends to me to work. When when she gets with her girlfriends and they're talking and they'll bring up, oh, yeah, they went and saw your husband. And she's like, Really? Totally surprised. Yeah, she has no clue because she doesn't know who my clients are. As it should be. Absolutely, because confidentiality is paramount in my profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hold that very, very important and solemn. So it, 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 I understand there's some professions that, yeah, you can't share. But she can see my Facebook. She can see my texts. She can see my history of stuff. That's fine. Right. You're not hiding something from her. You're protecting right. her from information that she doesn't right. need to have. But that, right. th- totally but that can be something that is, is about trust in your own life. Trust in how are you living your life? Are you living accordingly to what you, what you say you want to be? Yeah. And here's another question. You know, you, you've always seen it in the movies, you know, that um, a, a spouse hires a detective to follow their car and see if they're going where they said they were going to go or whatever. But the most underhanded thing I have ever heard of a spouse doing is actually um, talking a friend into flirting with their spouse yeah. in the workout club yeah. just to see how they would respond. Yeah. Talk about baiting a trap. Yep. Uh, to me, that just is that is extremely sadistic. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot more there. And, and masochistic. Yeah. You know, it's like how much more grief can you invite on yourself yeah. than to test to see just just how human your spouse really is to that degree and then be upset if they weren't the stellar, you know, uh, example of integrity. I mean, yeah. Our spouses are only human. Why would we want to send temptation their way? Yeah. It's going to naturally come calling just in the course of, of everyday living. We don't have to set them up to fail and to fall <laughs> No. and talk about, I mean, can you imagine what that would do to a spouse's feelings toward their husband or wife who set that kind of trap for them? Oh man, that's there's going to be ramifications if, that happen from that right Ripple away. effects for decades, <laughs> yep. I would think. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be really, really tough to get past. Yeah, so look at your insecurities. Yep. Look at the the scenarios that you've entertained in your own head and thinking that you could control your spouse or catch your spouse or keep them on a short leash, leash and 
get some help for those. Yeah. The, dealing with those insecurities is a much more important thing to do than acting um, untrustingly toward a spouse because yeah. you have to get to the root of this problem. And the root of the problem isn't your spouse's behavior. It's your own insecurities. Yeah, and here's, here's the last one I got for you, Shannon. This might hit home for a lot of people. What, ha- what happens to you, your anxiety, when you leave a message or you cannot get a hold of your spouse during the day and they don't return it? Oh, I immediately wonder what ditch he's dead in. <laughs> well, okay. I understand safety side. So you, you start, okay, do I need to call a hospital? Should I call the police? I'm talking about the other side of why oh, won't he return he my with? call? Yeah, what's going on? What's what happening? Am in? I not important enough? Because that's ah. that's a different that's a different thing, but it's still it's fundamentally what we're talking about still. Of it's it's your own. Yeah. Because, it can awaken your insecurities like nothing right. else. Because mm-hmm. my my a fundamental belief is the more I grow up and the more fully functioning and capable I am, the more I can experience one. But the other is the more I put pressure on my spouse to do the same. They have to they have to take care of some of their own stuff. You know, they have to start saying, you know, hey, I, 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 this is an insecurity of mine. I need to deal with that. You know, right. I, Instead of saying you didn't return my call, say right. I was scared when you didn't return my call. Own those feelings yeah. and ask for what you need. You're looking for comfort and assurance. So ask for it rather than turning it into an accusation. My husband is great when I call him and he can't answer. He'll send me a text message in a meeting or yeah. whatever. Do what you can yeah. to to alleviate your spouse's insecurities. But if the insecurities are yours, you need to work on them. Yeah, because the first step is owning your own stuff. Yep. <laughs> That's a huge thing. Yep. That can, makes you a better sex partner. Absolutely, because if you own your own stuff, you know how to use it better. Yeah, and you know how to emotionally connect with your spouse on a much deeper level. Well, man, this has been fun, Shannon. I know. I like this show. We could have talked show. about this for a long time. <laughs> this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we miss something or something's undone, please send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that it continues your growth and your process into more and more things. See you next time.